0: Welcome back to Lax Class. Lacrosse Classified is back right here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Thanks for finding us. My name is Jay Kelly. And my co host name is Brad Schellner. This is Lax Class number 123, 123 about to come your way. And it's going to be a good one as per usual, as uh, we got a great guest lined up. we got a little change to the format. And uh, Bradley, let's get you in here. It's it's Sunday afternoon. I know you you got a you're on a strict timeline here. As so you're taking the family ice skating on a Tuesday, you got a little forty five minute window. Tell me how this is all working. From what was a, from what I hear, a highly regarded house hockey league player like yourself, the best house hockey league player around. You tell me, uh, going for for a little skate on the Jets later.
1: How's it going? a daughter date. Daddy daughter day, a little 45 minute time slot at, uh, this afternoon. It's so looking for that. I haven't been on the ice in a long time, like maybe a year and a half, two years. I was playing in a little rinky dink uh, three on three league on a small ice surface in, in Surrey a couple years ago. And that was the last time I was on the ice. So I figured crossovers it's time to,
0: and backwards skating. And all, all of
1: the- it. All of it. But yeah, I figured it was time to time to get the kitties out. You know, we are Canadian and she's six and has only skated a couple times, so I'm probably failing as a as a Canadian to <laughs> not have her on the ice a little sooner, so yeah. we're going today.
0: Good. Yeah, my likes to go for a skate as well. I think she was actually tubing up Cyprus. Uh, it's a rainy Sunday afternoon here as we're recording last class. Uh, how was the rest of the weekend? I started off my weekend, as you know, Brad, playing uh, a little bit of disc golf on, on Friday afternoon. I've been doing a lot a bit of, uh, of that lately and and people are always kind of like, disc golf? What's disc golf? It's essentially like playing golf with a Frisbee. You have like a bag of of discs in each one. Like you got a driver, you got a putter, you got a, ones that go left, ones that go right, ones that go far, ones that go short. Um, so I've been doing this like off and on. Sometimes I take years off from doing it uh, since like 1990, 91. They put, a, they put a course up in Monday Park, my hometown in Coquitlam, right by my high school. And and when me and, and the boys didn't feel like going to class <laughs> this is what we do. We go we go take a take a disc and, and go walk around the park and, and uh skip class. So that's how we started back in nineteen ninety. Now, Brad well, you're ahead of
1: your time. You're ahead of your time because now like my experience with disc golf is at Queen Elizabeth Park. In, oh,
0: madness. Like, Absolutely. Like in in
1: central Vancouver. And it's like it's like a hipster sport, though. Yeah. It's a one arm. It's a one arm sport because you bring your six pack with you and then it's you. It's um. it's a hipster sport in Vancouver that I really only saw for the last few years. So you must have been a pioneer jumping on that in the early 90s. Yeah,
0: it's funny because it's disc golf and lacrosse are highly regarded as the two fastest growing sports in the world. So there's there's disc golf all over the world, but they they put it I've a never
1: court... heard disc golf in that category. Are You serious? Disc golf yeah. is one of the fastest growing yeah, sports. in look it world. up,
0: look it up, man. I'm not I thought it
1: was ultimate frisbee.
0: I'm not joking about that. I'm not joking about that. No. no. Um so anyways, back to my story here. I went to to play on Friday night. I've been playing a lot since COVID kind of hit. It's it's free to go play. You just got to buy your discs and, and you're outdoors, obviously, which is a good thing uh, as far as COVID goes. So I've been playing a lot more disc golf over the last few months. And uh, got myself a hole-in-one, Brad, on Friday afternoon. It was my first one in, I want to say, like 20 years. <laughs>
1: So is a disc golf hole-in-one as rare as a normal ace? No,
0: I'd say they're more common. They're definitely more common than than a normal golf ace, but uh, still very kind of uncommon, and especially uncommon for for a guy like myself, uh, kind of a hacker. So I was pretty fired up to, to start my weekend with a hole-in-one.
1: Well done. Well, if people don't know, here in the, in the lower mainland um, – our, our, our health minister, Dr. Bonnie Henry adjusted our rules last week. And we are now allowed, we are now allowed to be outside with up to 10 people. Um, The same 10 people so he can't, you know, hang out with 10 or eight people this weekend and then go see another eight next weekend. It's supposed to be the same 10, but we're allowed to have, you know, I guess, backyard functions again, which is, like I said, this couple weeks ago, like it's all I've wanted. I just want like six people in a backyard and now we can get that. That was the law that was passed here. So I right away had went to a friend's house on, Friday night and sat in their backyard, and then Saturday night a couple of people came and sat in our backyard. We All haven't right. hit that haven't hit that magic number ten yet, but it's just the weather's changing here now. Spring is springing. The time change is happening. Hope We're allowed to be air. in backyards. Right. Hope is in the air in a lot of different in a lot of different regards, and obviously. In the national lacrosse league this week too, we get some light on the horizon. It's something to look forward to.
0: Yes, we're gonna get to that just in Miramal. Danny and I were driving out to to go see my dad on on Saturday and drove past a park in in like Pitt Meadow, and I swear there was like a thousand people there. I was mortified, Brad. How many people were gathered in this area? It was it was way offside and I was just like holy cow it, and it's weird like how something like that totally takes you back now but we've been seeing it down in the states with fans coming back in inside buildings hockey and and uh, you name it like I'm watching golf right now in, in Florida man there's tons of people watching so things are are making the comeback here and, and we're really hoping by summertime we're gonna get back to to playing lacrosse as well Uh, we haven't even mentioned what's going on with the show here of course we got the big focus coming right up Brad just alluded to it the NLL is back Uh, so we're going to talk about that we got NLL calls to the hall and an interesting one this Brad is we're getting down to the nitty gritty here and thankfully enough uh, Neil Stevens Eddie's top 100 was uh, up to the task and, and gave us some time last week so we taped that and we got uh, neil stevens nll hall of famer from 2008 to share his stories and what an interesting guy he is uh quick sticks coming up in quarter three and we're gonna move the stampede stallion my pick this week to quarter number four so with all that being said brad let's get into it here's the big focus
1: Big focus. Big focus. Focus. another than the big focus. Focus. Big focus. The big
0: focus. Uh, the announcement coming out. I don't know what day it was, Brett. Last week. Uh, what was it? Tuesday? Wednesday? The Wednesday. Na- yeah, the National Lacrosse League has announced... It's date to make its triumphant return, rejoice, hallelujah, amen. Any other religious uh, words you want to use in this regard? My goodness, uh, December 3rd, 4th, 18-game schedule coming your way, Brad Schellner. And man, uh, was this ever the news a guy needed uh, last week. Return, National Cross League, it's coming
1: and it seems legit this time like i think when the april date was announced a few months ago everybody was like yeah right like why even say april why even put a date on that because there was the world was so it was uncertain at, at that time and it was a mess but i think december with vaccinations rolling out on both sides of the border and things starting opening up in certain parts of North America. December third sounds realistic and reasonable. And I think this news is being very well received. A lot of people are latching onto it, I think, a lot better than they would have or they did a couple of months ago with the April announcement. This seems like something we can actually sink our teeth into, circle the schedule and yeah, amen, hallelujah pray to pray to baby Jesus that it's actually going to happen <laughs> this time around. But I, I think there's a strong likelihood that it can, it'll just be the border. And it's, it's up to you guys down South, I think to, to to help this one out because I'm like, I said a couple weeks ago, I think we're confident that BC is heading in the right direction and that other parts of and Alberta and other parts of Canada are heading in the right direction. But you know, can we safely travel to San Diego? Are our, are our borders going to be open and, and flexible enough to let, let us cross freely and go down to, to to play games and and broadcast games and be part of games on, on both sides of the border. That's going to be the big one. But I think as we inch closer, December 3rd, highly likely, highly, highly likely.
0: Yeah. They're talking like here in in Canada, everybody will have the option to be vaccinated and good Lord, people take that option, please. Like uh, I'm not even going to get started on that. But you got the option to get vaccinated. Every They're going to say everybody two shots by fall. So we're hoping for like a summer a little earlier. But it all depends on how many people are like herd immunity, vaccinated, down south, border open, all the rest of it. You said it. But I think I hopes are extremely high uh, for a December Start in the National crossing, even earlier, right, with training camps and all the rest of it, uh, gotta happen, and there was a lot of talk, will it be an 18, 20, 22 game schedule because of the missed season, they're going straight up 18th, and, and they are going to count this as the 35th anniversary season here too as well, Brad.
1: That's cool. That's cool. And I, you know, I'm happy with the 18 as of right now. I think we want to see it more for the players' sake, get more money in their pockets, get more game action, get more gate revenue, but too uncertain to do it next year because the league doesn't even know what sort of financial situation it's going to be and how well are going to people come back? You can't just take a year and a half, almost two years off and then say, Hey, we're playing 22 games. We're playing 25 games and expect you have no idea what the gates are going to look like next year. So I think it's smart to stick with the 18 adjust. And then when the 15th team comes in and hopefully things bounce back revenue wise and and fan wise and and buzz wise over the next year and a bit, then maybe the season after that, we look at, we look at 2022, which it's going to get there. It's just not going to happen this year. And I'm fine with that.
0: Yeah. And what else did they mention in that presser, Brad, that the the relaunch of the national lacrosse league hall of fame, will be uh, on the forefront. That announcement of Team 15 is, is coming as well. And what else did I see in that? I think they alluded to maybe the potential of a new broadcast partner slash partners on the horizon as well for the NLL.
1: Yeah, so it sounds like there's a lot of news that they can roll out. And I think what everybody's... Entry, draft, who,
0: details, all, all yeah, that as draft what,
1: and, and free agency. That stuff is all being talked about right now at the at the Board of Governor level to find out are guys that are in their 30s going to be UFAs? Who's going to be... What does what, what a protection protected roster look like heading into an expansion draft when even the players you drafted last year hasn't even dressed for you yet? That's so the, that's the like,
0: heavy, crazy part about all this. The decisions that they have to make regarding contracts and what counted against the contract How is like your term all of that's like are you a UFA now are you still restricted are you still on hold there are so many things that they need to cross off and agree on here at the board level it's it's a little bit scary
1: yeah it's daunting you're going to lose players and who knows like I don't know if they're going to be able to maybe protect everybody that you drafted last year put them on a draft list so you can at least get them into camp and get, get to look at them um it, yeah, there's gonna be so many questions and intangibles around that. And hopefully we can we can keep you uh, keep you up to date here on this podcast and get the right people on the show to talk about those kind of things when when that when the time is right.
0: Yeah, uh, let's, uh, I mean, I, I just think from now until. September, October—they're just going to start delivering more and more information in in the coming months. So stay. Well, it's
1: good because it's been it's been quiet the last few. Years, so we need this this momentum oh, and this new title baby. to to pick up.
0: Do we ever? And uh, again, still hope for for summer season as well. We've seen the the WHL, the the Western Hockey League, uh, get approved to play. The BC Hockey League has been approved to to hold uh, some hockey games in in five different hubs so and we're talking early march here so another three months or so man i fingers eyes toes everything is crossed for the return of lacrosse uh is that it for quarter one bro? i think we're done right
1: I, I, I want to kick around something else is before we get to, to Neil Stevens, who I erroneously said, and you corrected me thankfully last week that I thought Tom Borelli was the only media member in the yeah. national lacrosse league hall of fame. But of course that's not right. Cause Neil Stevens is in there as well. And he covered the Toronto rock for the associated press for a long time. And we'll hear about that journey and how that happened. But he basically, he basically started covering and requested and asked the AP if they wanted Can lacrosse coverage, cover. or suggested yeah. that they should cover the NLL. And he's the reason why that stuff was hitting news wires in Canada and made a big impact, right? So, you know, who I want to talk about, like who are the Neil Stevenses in the league right now? Media members like a Tom Borelli, like a Neil Stevens, who have helped grow the game in their markets and have have taken things to the next level and spread the gospel. Like who are some of the top? lacrosse media people right now that aren't necessarily affiliated with the team, but guys who write for local papers to, to grow this game. Like, do you have favorite writers that, that you follow or guys yeah, that you know? Sure. Of?
0: Sure. I do. I mean, Steve, you comes right to the top of top of my list. As far as uh, lacrosse writers go here, here in the lower mainland. The province
1: and in, in Vancouver. Right. Yeah. He writes for the province of Vancouver covered, covers the Warriors extensively, covers WLA covered the stealth for years. And yeah, he's at the top of the list. He's, he's got an unfiltered, unbiased opinion. Yeah. And tells it like it is through good and bad times. Doesn't sugarcoat anything, and educates through his articles as well. You know, like even to this day, if you read a Warriors article, he's gonna have a line or two in there about this is the team that is owned by by the Vancouver Canucks and play out of Rogers Arena, and yeah. are managed by Dan Richardson. Like he always has these little nuggets of information. So if you're reading his stuff for the first time as right. a non fan, get caught up pretty a quick. Background, yeah. yeah, you can get caught up pretty quick.
0: Paul Tatka. Brad, I know he's one of your faves, he's one of mine as well, and he's kind of made a, a reemergence into the lacrosse world after kind of taking a little bit of time off, right, to three-time, the only three-time Tom Borelli Award winner, uh, Tuts is and was doing some work for USA Boxler. That kind of came to an end and is now affiliated with the Toronto Rock Athletic Center, doing lots of good social media work with them but you know tons of great lacrosse articles written by this man and i wish he would write more
1: yeah 100 he's 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 the godfather and always always told the story of the game the way that it should like it's brash and he wrote brash it was hard-nosed and he wrote hard-nosed articles you know, he really tapped into the voice of of lacrosse and how this game should be represented no one's ever done that better than touch in my opinion um, I'm going to shout out Ty Pilsen as well in, yeah. in Calgary. Good one. I don't think he's writing for the sun anymore, but if you go to the Calgary Roughnecks website and just read like their, their, uh, game preview articles or their game recap articles, or here's an interview with Kurt Malowski, here's an interview with Curtis Dixon, like their, their web content through Ty Pilsen, who works for that organization now is, is second to none. Like they speak the language too. It's thorough. It is in depth. Um, and they do it. They do it on, on their articles on their website better than I think any other team.
0: Me too, and and I don't want to like I don't want to offend or, or miss anybody in this regard. But uh, you know we got our boy Austin Owens doing great work for the Flash. Uh, Adam Levy, of course, uh, pens pens out some great articles. He used to do a little writing as well. Teddy Jenner for IL Indoor as well. Pat Gregoire. Uh, and then you got the the likes of uh, Marissa and Jemmy Anna Taylor, Stephen Stamp, who who even uh, your 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 boy Brad or Bill O'Brien uh, now writing for the National Cross. Like, what do you think about that?
1: You're just gonna throw me right under <laughs> the. Uh throw me that pole <laughs> eh? hey i could that not was, i got uh, on a
0: roll and i just figured you know why no, no, not
1: hey i'm gonna i'm gonna put this bus in fifth gear and <laughs> ride it white <right> towards brad
0: <laughs> you can just take the fifth and plead no no honestly you know what man like i i i wanna bill o'brien is bill o'brien he's got a brand and he plays to that brand like a t like he I don't know if that's exactly how he is off camera, but whatever he is on camera, people they either love it or they hate it. And he's got a lot of people. He's like the Nickelback of lacrosse social media or something. Like either you're you're <laughs> on like board thrilled, or you're he's not, right? And and now he's he's doing a little writing for the NLL and and he's put out a couple articles so far. And uh, listen, man, if he wants if this is something he wants to do and, and try giver like and you're either a fan of it or you're not
1: yeah yeah i just yeah. like for me I, my know, I thing think, is i think the league i know what the league's trying to do they're trying to find their they're trying to find their Chris Hogan. They're trying to find their their angle. You know, there's the per the, find who's got the biggest Twitter following in lacrosse that, you know, is not really affiliated with the team right now. And how do we tap into that? Yeah. I think there's a little bit of that going there. You no, know, and I know they're they're giving writing opportunities to a lot of people right now. So cause I, my point was gonna be, you know, just don't take opportunity from from an Adam Levy or from a young up and coming writer who actually, who can really tell a different side of this sport and an up and coming level, almost like an outsider's view to, to shine their light on it and grow the game. So as long as B.O.B. is not taking opportunity from someone away like that, and it's just feature writing for the article, fine. But you know, my my plan here, Jumbo was to focus on, (laughs) on guys who break it down and help grow the game like none other. And, you know, to me, those are the, the Paul Tuckas and the Ty Pilsons and the, And the Steve Ewans.
0: Yeah, and then uh, we're gonna talk about a little later and click. But Luke Magnum for Halifax right now doing great stuff as a player's perspective, right? Like uh, there's there's some stuff I want to read from Luke
1: Forty Five. Totally, that's a guy who's in the league right now who's talking about what it's like to defend a Cody Jameson, what it's like to defend a Dane Dobie, who are some of the defenders that he admires and. It's It's been a fresh, unique take as too as, as Halifax continues to kill it on that front.
0: Yeah, and now the lacrosse flash uh, has added a, a player to their stable to to do some writing from a player's perspective as well. Talk about that in quick sticks. That's in quarter three, Brad. But coming up next in quarter two, it's 2008 NLL Hall of Fame inductee. Goes by the name of Eddie's Top 100 via Twitter, but his name is Neil Stevens. We're going to talk to him next. Calls to the Hall, LaCrosse Flash Podcast Network.
2: Hey, everyone. This is Charlie Ragusa with the Halifax Thunderbirds. You're listening to LaCrosse Classified on the LaCrosse Flash
1: Podcast Network, your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. And
0: Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified into the second quarter we go here on EP123. Jake Kelly, Brad Schallinger with you, and always with us are the Vancouver Warriors who uh, just announced new details regarding their spring break camp. It's running up until March the 26th. All the regular suspects will be out there, Coach Gill, Matt Beers, Mitch Jones, Eric Penny. Langley Fieldhouse, spots are filling up quick. Uh, Check the website, nllwarriors.com, excuse me, vancouverwarriors.com, or their social media, at nllwarriors, on Twitter and Instagram. Get the community link page there to get details on the Vancouver Warriors Academy. And I know spots are filling up quickly, so do not delay. Now, joining us uh, on the podcast, it's another NLL Hall of Famer, inducted back in 2008. Eight, also in the St. Catharines Hall of Fame and, and honored by the NHL uh, Hall of Fame as well with the Elmer Ferguson Award. It's Eddie's Top One Hundred. Neil Stevens on the podcast. Neil, uh, I know first off uh, you're battling a little bit of health issues and you're making time for us here, so I really appreciate that. And and I guess my first question is: Is how are things going? I know I talked to you a few months ago, but uh, since then, how how are how's the treatment coming along?
2: All oh, as best can be expected. I do my twelfth uh chemo session tomorrow in this current phase. I got sixteen in this phase and then I'm look really looking forward to having the summer off.
0: I bet. I bet. Uh well I mean, time off. Uh thirty four years with, with the Canadian press and, and now still I don't know if you're still doing a little writing with US Lacrosse magazine or as a freelance uh writer, Neil, but Back, uh, it all began back in the '70s for you. Uh, tell me what piqued your interest to become a writer in the first place.
2: Well, I'm 73, and I grew up in Lacrosse. I, if you if you walk down our family home driveway in Port Dalhousie, which is the <laughs> northern neighborhood of St. Catharines on the Lake Southern shore of Lake Ontario, mm-hmm. if you walk to the end of the driveway and turn left. And walked past three houses. You would then reach the parking lot of the Lions Club, where there was an outdoor lacrosse ball. So I began playing at the age of five in 1953. There was a dirt floor in the ball, and there was uh, no lock on the door into the ball. The goalposts were embedded, so (laughs) me and my friends spent hours daily at that. Outdoor bowl, swinging sidearm shots off crossbars.
0: So it was really a a love of lacrosse early in your life that attracted you to the game. And that's just because you lived in such close proximity to uh, a lacrosse box.
2: Yeah, and we were successful. Our poor team won the Ontario Midget Championship in 1963. I played three years of junior A in that bowl. It had been renovated and paved so hang, then, hang on
0: a second here, Neil. You guys are playing Junior A lacrosse in an outdoor box for three years, you're saying?
2: We, we were one of the last teams outdoors wow. be, before the OLA forced uh, forced it indoors. Wow. I led my team and goal, scored in 67 with 55. But we were never going to beat the Oshawa Greengales. No, yes, <laughs> you no. know?
1: Yeah, they were pretty no good. No one was. They, no came,
2: one. they came into the bowl one night and in 67 Gaylord Paulus who I had to take face off against scored 10 goals.
1: Amazing. Was he was he as advertised Neil like you've seen them all um is he is he the best you've ever seen?
2: Well, I I don't like to say best because there are there's so many great players. Jim Higgs was on that team. Um yeah, but he was a fantastic player. He have the I I'd, I'd still be down for the face off and he'd have the ball <laughs> on the stick running towards our net.
0: What kind of player were you, Neil?
2: Uh, no check.
0: You're offense only. <laughs> I,
2: offense only. I was a one-way guy. In 1969, I played for the St. Catharines Golden Hawks at the NPLA. N- N- and um, that's also the year I got married. And, and here's how lacrosse had a profound effect on our lives. We were both attending Niagara College in Welland, Ontario. I decided in early 1970 to send some letters to Ontario newspapers looking for a job as a sports reporter. I got lucky and received an invitation for a job interview from Wayne Parks of the Peterborough Examiner. He recognized my name because he'd covered Lakers-Golden Hawks games. He hired me. 38 years later, in 2008, I retired from full-time employment at the Canadian press, having covered more than 20 Stanley Cup finals. Wow. 22 world figure skating championships, eight Olympics, and a lot of NLL games. And it never would have happened if I hadn't got that job interview Thanks, to lacrosse.
0: Now, hang on, Neil. I, I heard. I kind of read your your Wikipedia here. I, I heard there was a, or I read that there was a bit of a falling out there at the Examiner after uh, he, he kind of got into it with the editor a little bit and and had to part ways and moved on.
2: Wayne ran off to Alaska with a blonde called Margot. <laughs> the guy they the guy they brought in to replace him, I I just couldn't get along with. He he would take AP copy and put his byline on it, oh, and no. he. Just all kinds of crazy stuff. And I mentioned this to the managing editor one day and he called me into his office the next day and explained that he'd hired this new sports editor and that I would have to go, which turned out to be one of the biggest breaks of my life.
1: Yeah. Funny wow. how that works, huh? Funny.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: And so through through your writing career, Neil, covering, you know, NHL for years and the figure skating for years, did you ever think National Lacrosse League would, would arrive in Toronto and pro lacrosse would be as big as it was and then you'd get the chance to, to cover your, your passion sport once again?
2: Well, when, when they put a team in Hamilton in, in 1998, I went to the CP Sports Editor and explained that it'd be really great if we could include that in our coverage. He agreed. And then when each other, other Canadian cities got NL or indoor pro indoor teams, we had a, got stringers covering their teams, so that started a run of fifteen years where pro indoor lacrosse had a wire service presence, which never happened in the states. And that's one of the reasons they chose me to be in the NLL Hall because they were very happy to have that wire service presence. Yeah, I- that put that put the NLL into. More than 150 daily newspaper newsrooms. That lasted till about two thir- 2013, when the Toronto Star took over CP. And one of their budget cuts was eliminating pro indoor lacrosse mm, coverage. Mm,
0: that's too bad. I, I and it, I mean, based out of Ontario, Neil, you were front and center for for a lot of that dynasty of of Toronto winning all those championships. I would imagine you were probably in the building for the goal from from Caleb Toth and and that last second champion, last game in Maple Leaf Gardens. Uh, That has to be one of your favorite experiences, I would imagine.
2: Of course. Yeah, that, uh, any sport that ranks right up there in my top three. Another one would be the '87. Canada Cup in Hamilton, Cops Coliseum. uh, Gretzky and Lemieux, yeah. 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 (laughs) That's
0: unreal.
2: I'll tell you one interesting aspect of my career that involves the West Coast. The first substantial road trip I had, my first job at the Peterborough Examiner in the business, was in 1971. Peterborough had won the OLA Junior A title, and I traveled with the team to Vancouver. The Richmond Roadrunners, mm. the Tasker brothers, Dave Durant, and they—they they, the series went seven games into overtime. Richmond won with five thousand spectators on their feet. Queens Park Arena. The, the goalie—they they had picked up a goalie from Burnaby by the name name of Ed Gurnay. I think that's how you pronounce it and he was the MVP of the middle cup that year as the first BC middle cup since 62. I was gonna say it. Yeah. It remains one of the highlights of my journalism career. Yeah,
0: to to, to travel with a, a junior team to a Canadian championship in a middle cup like I don't think you just you would never see something like that again now with with all the people that are involved and like there's just really no need for it but what an experience that must have been, and then to to be in Queens Park as a young reporter with five thousand people packed in there watching the Minto Cup. Like, I can only imagine what that must have been like for you, Neil.
2: Very interesting. John Grant was on that team, and I'll never forget it. Uh.
1: What did you What did you enjoy covering more, Neil? Summer, WLA, MSL, or or, or national lacrosse league?
2: Because we grew up with lacrosse. I, I always, it was always my, it's always been my favorite sport. That's where I wanted to be in the press box at Air Canada Centre well, when it was that, called that, sitting there covering the rock. And I would drive over to Buffalo and do some Rock Bandits games. I would drive to Rochester and do the Nighthawks. And uh, and when the, when the title game was in either of those cities, I would go. I remember being in the, the arena in Buffalo and Colorado one in 2006 was very memorable.
0: Yeah, heck of a game. As we speak with NLL Hall of Famer Neil Stevens, uh, World Championships in there as well, Neil uh, Manchester in Prague as well. Um, Brad and I just got a chance to, to call the, the 2019 World Championships, and I, like I have to put that at the top of my highlight career of getting to call the gold medal game. Uh, did you make the trip over to to Prague and Man- Manchester to cover Team Canada, or did you do it from home soil?
2: No, the t- the team uh, took me with them. Fantastic! I, I did first in two thousand and ten, the field in Manchester, which was Chris Sanderson's goodbye. Of course, yeah. And that was that was unbelievable. He he stopped his chemotherapy, paused it, so he could play in that tournament. Yeah. And Canada should have won that game at final.
1: They really should have. Yeah, uh, Is that a story you think back on, Neil, and think, man, this should have been on the front the front of every sports page in Canada to have a goaltender going through that and, and trying attempting to do what he did?
0: Yeah, more or less took time away from his own life knowing that it was going to Yeah, to play lacrosse and, and play for his country.
2: Yeah, it was, uh, he was an incredible guy. Incredible guy.
0: Neil, do you have... Uh, a story that you're particularly fond of or a memory i know we talked a little bit about the 2000 championship game but do you have a, a story or two or a memory or two that really kind of sticks with you covering the national lacrosse league
2: i remember going to rochester for one of the rock title games and uh before the before the a couple of days before the game my sports editor asked me to I'll write a column predicting who was going to win or saying who was going to win and why, and I thought about it and I and I never did this before, and uh, and I didn't do it since or after after, but anyway I I wrote that Rochester was going to win or would probably win the game, and I did that on purpose because, I my friend uh, who was coaching the uh, Rock, Les Bartley of course, I figured. What good is it to Les if I say his team's going to win?
0: <laughs> Give him a little motivation, right? A little, bol- little Bolton board. After Matera. the
2: game, I walked down to the dressing room, and Les was sitting in a folding chair beside the entrance to the dressing room, having a pop. And he says to me as he saw me coming, oh, yeah, Rochester's going to win this one, eh? <laughs> 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 I said, "I said that's right, Ed. Congratulations, good. Les. What's the best
1: sort of unwritten story of of lacrosse? You know, like if you were to look back over the years and think, man, this is something that every Canadian should know about. Every Canadian should talk about. You know, what would be something that you leave will you leave with people that were to remember the game of lacrosse and exemplify the sport?
2: Well, i i always I always thought that uh, I, I enjoy the First Nations, uh, the recognition of the First Nations that different teams have. Uh, Native player nights and that type of thing. I always appreciated their involvement, and I always thought it could be more. For instance, if if I was running an NL, an LL team, I I wouldn't play the Canadian or American anthems before a game. I'd play the I'd play the First Nations.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny you say that. I'd back other... you on that. Yeah, yeah, we've I've actually approached the league. To do that, you know whether they they continue to play the American and the Canadian. I said that the the Haudenosaunee song should be should be added or played at least in every arena before the game. Uh, Neil, um, Eddie's top one hundred. I know you're a big music guy, and and you have this list that uh, you put out. Can you can you tell the people about that before I ask you one more question here? Tell me about Eddie's top one hundred and and where that came from, and and that's the, your Twitter handle if people want to follow you, right? Yeah, it's
2: just. Something I wanted to do some creative writing after I left CP in 2008, and I finally got to into uh, finished something I could self-publish, and it was about 2013. I did my got my first one out there on Amazon.ca, and just creative stuff. But there's a hundred songs in each of the four books I've done self-published because uh, that relates to lacrosse, too, because they play the music during the lacrosse. Sure. So I thought I'll stick a hundred songs between the, these little silly stories. But although the second one is strictly lacrosse and music. It's
0: cool.
2: the entire 2015 NLL season plus the Worlds. Awesome.
0: Neil Stevens? I'm, uh, working,
2: I'm working on my fifth one.
0: Oh, good to know. And
2: that's 1967.
0: A little before our time, Amazon.ca, Neil Stevens, Eddie's Top 100, if you want to check that out. Uh, last question for you, Neil, and, and one that we asked. Uh, we forgot to ask John Gertler this uh, last week, Brad, but uh, we we had John Gertler on to talk about uh, what would be one of your compadres in Tom Borelli, but we ask all our Hall of Famers, Neil, if you could pick one guy that is currently not in the National Lacrosse League Hall of Fame, that you think belongs in the NLL Hall of Fame, who would that be?
2: Well, there's the obvious ones, you know, like Grant Junior. Yeah, we
0: I should have prefaced that we're taking Doyle, Sean Williams, and Junior off the list because those guys <laughs> oh, okay. are, are, are no brainers. They're going. <laughs> okay, in. My, my my
2: my answer my answer is Sandy Chapman.
0: Okay. Good. That's that uh, we've had a Sandy Chapman
1: submission. Yeah, I can't not remember. not the first. So that's a nice uh, that's a nice recommendation. He meant he meant a lot to that rock franchise and Charlie Hustle, former Defender of the Year at one point. Like, he he did some damage.
2: Guy only has five rings.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> only five.
0: Five more than <laughs> me. Five. And he him. doesn't
2: get he doesn't get mentioned. No. When people no. ask that question.
0: Well, he just did, and it's the second time his name was brought up, and I think that's a very apropos selection, Neil. Hey, listen, uh, I know things are a little crazy back in Brampton right now with the Excelsiors getting ripped out of town. Um, I hope that changes around. I hope uh, you continue down the road of recovery with your health, Neil. And I really, really appreciate you, you making a little time for us here on Lacrosse Classified. And congratulations on on, an, on a Hall of Fame career with the National Lacrosse League and your entire writing career, Neil. It's been a, an amazing one at that. And uh, really appreciate you coming on here.
2: Uh, I, I owe a lot to the sport, and it's nice you to get a hold of me.
0: Our pleasure. Glad you could make some time. We were happy to have you on. There's Eddie's Top 100, Neil Stevens, 2008 NLL Hall of Fame inductee, and one of the most legendary writers our sport has ever seen,
1: Brett. And obviously it did a huge part to to grow the sport, getting it covered by the Associated Press for, for all those years. And let's hope it gets back to that that stage at some point and that of course neil steven's a presentation of stampede and tack all about the classics and there really isn't anything more classic than the storm rider jean jacket did you have a storm, storm rider, rider brad did you have a storm rider back in the day i've never had a storm rider oh, but man. you know, biz nasty was wearing a storm rider that night that he was in roger's arena when he joined brandon Astle and i up in the booth and it's it's for beauticians only. The <laughs> Rockstar Storm Rider That's jacket. True. It's true. You know why? It's a lined jacket with corduroy. With a it's a it's a it's a denim jean jacket lined with corduroy with a bit of a fuzzy collar. Oh, oh man! Called the Storm. Rider. I never knew it was called the Storm Rider. As well, Poe went just, on just hey. thinking about it right now. Chat, chatting to the people at Stampede and tack but yeah, styling that has become one of the most popular jean jackets of all time. This jean jacket is perfect for year-round use. It goes well with another classic, the plaid shirt. So be sure to drop by Stampede and Tack in Cloverdale at the corner of Highway 10 and 180th Street, where you'll find an outstanding collection of jean jackets and plaid shirts. Or you can always shop online at stampede.ca. or shopping the online.
0: Is still,
1: still shopping still. local.
0: Well done, Brad Schellinger. Big thanks to Neil Stevens for coming on the program. we got to take a break. We're going to quarter three next. Quick Sticks comes up. You got it right here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network.
1: Associated Labels and Packaging, a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service. With 40 years of experience, an extensive product catalog, and an ever growing fleet of equipment, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level.
2: Hey, this is Dan Richardson, GM of the Vancouver Warriors. You're listening to Ox Class, your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse.
0: Quarter three, quick sticks come up in quarter three, but not before I tell you about our friends at Associated Labels and Packaging, AssociatedLP.com, focusing on people, ethics, quality, and, of course, family-owned in Coquitlam, 40 years uh, down there in C-Town. And always the environment, in line, like I'm, I'm telling you, they are league leaders in the industry as far as environmentally friendly practices in their workplace. It's incredible the lengths that they go to to keep their footprint to a minimum. Uh, they got like a, a whole bee farm, a colony of bees down there at Associated Labels and packet. Pretty crazy stuff, Brad. Check them out. And uh, they're always updating their blog, which I love as well. You can keep up to date with it all at Associated LP dot com quick sticks here in quarter number three Brad and uh, what do I got here for quick sticks this week as I pull up my phone because I lost my uh, train of thought uh, let's get this out of the way right off the bat ding 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 Brad I got two last week I didn't even mention it. I didn't want to rub it in your face last week I'll do it this week uh, got a couple of dings last week that increases my lead to the good question great question dinging to six three. How are you feeling about that?
1: So, what this quick stick is just a score update on well, our, yeah, this on is our just, yeah, questions.
0: Pretty much. I just wanted to get okay. that in. I didn't oh, know where else or how else to do it, so I'm doing it now.
1: Oh, it's fine. It's it's early. We've got a long. We got a. <laughs> well, uh, we can we can mount this comeback. You know, we no should problem. probably. We're like gonna what what's it going up to? What should we, we go up to? We're going to head to the room. We're going to regroup. Uh, we're going to come back. We're going to give this 100%, and we're going to chip away at this deficit uh, one ding at a time. Well, what, what, I'm confident what, and hopeful in this group.
0: We should get, like, a total, like, first one to 20, something like that, maybe, for 25, and then put something on it.
1: I like where you're heading. Okay. I like where you're heading. Okay. All right.
0: We'll think about I'll, I'll it. Do... We'll talk about it. We'll talk I'll about do 20. It.
1: Okay. I'll, I'll do 20. 20. We, could take us a couple of years yeah, to get there. We've only combined my... <laughs> nine but since September. You know what so. I've been
0: kind of really hoping is that, you know, somebody listening to this that could come on, potentially come on as a guest is going to be hyper aware of this and just say, mm. like, every question. Every, good question. Great question, Jake. Great rain. question, Brad. Make
1: it rain. Great question. <laughs>
0: One day, one day. Like, if we have Todd Lebronch back on, I think, like, <laughs> the, that could just – That'll lean him. in your direction, yeah, though, yeah, apparently. So maybe we'll buck him for next week. Uh, another quick stick here, Brad. Uh, I just want to give a shout-out to the Halifax Thunderbirds and the San Diego Seals this week, Brad, for the content that these two teams continue to push out here. Tyson and Inside the Nest uh, always putting out the content and keeping the fans updated on all things T-Birds and, and all, like Chuck Ragusa. Every day there's something to look at with Halifax like, since this pandemic hit, and i that cannot go underappreciated as far as I'm concerned. And now we know uh, our buddy Teddy Jenner down there with San Diego doing some work and, and came out with a new little feature, San Diego Weekly. He's looking for a new name for it, but uh, looks like he rigged this thing up in his living room with all sorts of equipment and, and did a nice job on the first one, San Diego Weekly. So I appreciate these teams making the effort – to keep fans engaged and entertained
1: you have to especially in towns where the teams are relatively new still you have to make that impact you can't let people forget about you and it's unfortunate that more teams aren't aren't taking the lead because it doesn't matter how long you've been around I still think the National Lacrosse League every team needs to be needs to be beating their dumb right now and and, and pumping it up and make sure people don't forget about them and they're going to buy those season tickets when things fire back up for December 3rd and 4th so if your team in the league looking around look at halifax look at san diego and say how do we do our own thing because don't don't just copy anybody but follow the lead of keeping it fresh and doing something every single damn day because it's uh it's a must yeah an you gotta work must. at it
0: you gotta put the effort in right but it'll pay off in the long run and uh listen i think more teams should be doing stuff like this and and uh I'm calling them out right here, right now on on Lax Class. MSL entry draft announced. Brad, this is good news. Major series lacrosse in Ontario entry draft. uh, They can protect up to four players out of their catchment area, which uh, here in the West, they can do one. Ontario, they can do four. Again, You can do one,
1: and most teams don't even exercise uh, it.
0: Rules, different. Both leagues playing for the same trophy at the end of the year. doesn't make a lot of sense to me. No population, all the rest of it. But, uh, again, just another example of different rules for different leagues, but same league. LAX Playground webinars. Uh, one going on tonight, so it's going to be too late by the time you hear this. But, uh, courtesy of Epic and, and uh, the folks at Albany, they're Russ Shepard putting on these LAX Playground webinars. I think it's Eddie Camo and Kurt Maloski tonight, uh, talking talking 'em talking box across. So just keep a check out Lax Playground and and I think these things are gonna be going on for a while, so check that out. Speaking of checking out, uh, you kinda turned me on to this. Troy HoloChuck did a podcast with what was this professor? It took me a while <laughs> This out, Brad. It almost like sounded like Troy was the professor compared to the guy that was interviewing him. But uh, gave Lacks Glass a nice little shout out near the end of that. And I thought that was a pretty impressive interview there from from Troy.
1: Yeah, great chat with his teacher at the University of of Waterloo. As Troy, highly smart young young goaltender. He's a third string goaltender for the Toronto Rock, and you know he had a, he had a great story to tell about playing walking into the Six Nations arrows locker room as as a player traded from St. Catharines and getting to play on, on bread and cheese night in, yeah. in the ILA and opening night from junior and just some sort of goosebump written stories. But, you know, Troy, Troy sounds like a bright, a bright kid. We appreciate the shout out. And what an organization to be a part of as a third string goaltender, like Toronto really get Yeah, they get it and they can groom guys. So obviously Jamie Dawick and, and the crew there and, and, and Sawyer and, and Nick Rose and the whole crew in Toronto see something they like in hollow And they said, we're going to invest in this kid who still has another year of junior left or would have this summer. If they, if they end up playing, I'll have another year of junior left. So a young guy who gets to hang out at, at the track and be around all those great minds and learn from the likes of Nick Rose there's Take been a, a lot of young goaltenders
0: Dawson and Hellier exactly there's been a lot of young
1: Allen. goaltenders over the years that have been backups or third-stringers in Toronto that have gone on to big bright things across the national lacrosse league uh, and that's going back decades so a nice little apprenticeship for Troy Hallochak and we wish him the best in his NLL career
0: all right, uh, what else do I got here? Content Idea Contest, Brad. We're running down to it here. Uh, we, we got Neil this week, and then we have Terry Sanderson. We're going to have Jamie Dowick on for that conversation, so we'll look forward to that. And then, just Paul <laughs> and Gary. Just a couple of guys. Paul and Gary, uh, the last name is Gate. They're from Victoria. Uh, they don't live there anymore, but... A guy that does still live in Victoria, and and I think a guy that they probably looked up to while they were growing up and won Kevin, the legend, Alexander. I, I put the call in, Brad, last week and just said, like, Kevin, I probably should have... <laughs> probably should have called you long before this than to just ask you a favor, but here I am. So, Kevin took it in stride, said get back to me in a couple of days if you haven't. So, that's probably today I'm going to, we're keeping our fingers crossed that Paul and Gary don us on on the podcast. Now, so I don't know, what I'm saying here is, I don't know if that's going to be a one week thing, a two week thing, or a no week thing, it's, I don't know. So... What I am saying is that we got a couple weeks left of content idea submissions that you guys can get into us if you want to win yourself a lawnmower from our friends at Manscaped. We've had a ton already. We still want more. We have two of these to give away. We think we have one kind of sewn up, but still room and time for more suggestions. At lacrosseclassified at gmail.com at Brad Chow, at PXP for Sports, at Lax Class. Get at us, and if you have some suggestions or ideas on things you want to hear from us on the podcast uh, from, say, now until at least summertime, when we hope games return, but could be longer. So think long-term, long picture here, and submit your submissions, and win yourself a lawnmower 3.0.
1: And perfect time to get that more right before oh, yes. the weather starts getting a little Bikini too hot. You guys are going to need it. Bikini season
0: is here, Brad. Bikini season is, is coming. It's important.
1: Tarps off.
0: <laughs> Indeed. Last quick stick I have here, the Ontario Junior A Lacrosse League coming out with a statement regarding the Minto Cup, Brad. Did you see this statement from Ontario Junior A Lacrosse?
1: Yeah, they want to host the Minto Cup. They want to, whoever wins the Ontario Junior a League is going to host the 2021 Minto Cup. So apparently there is uh, a season going to happen. It will be a, a U-17 season. Mm. Um, and and they're going to host it if they play.
0: So here's here's my thing. I said on this podcast that I had heard... Ontario did not want to host the Minto Cup, did not want to play in the Minto Cup, did not want other teams to play in the Minto Cup if they weren't competing. Let's remember, this is a league that threatened to pull out of the CLA if they did not get U22 added to Junior A lacrosse. Didn't happen. They Sorry, did I live. said U17.
1: 17 and up was what I right. meant.
0: Um, let's remember, there's a couple of teams in that league that tried to depart and and leave for the TLL and found out that they couldn't do that. So although Ontario here is saying, okay, fine, the Ontario champions will host, here's my take. And I could – listen, before I say this, I hope I am completely wrong on this. I hope I am. I honestly do because I want to see a Minto Cup. I don't care if it's in Ontario, B.C., Halifax, Yukon, Whitehorse, just give me the Minto Cup, please. But here is where I have my concerns. We've seen the numbers in Ontario, and they are not good. I could be mistaken here, but I believe they are still in a full-on lockdown in the province of Ontario. So my thinking is I don't think there's going to be summer lacrosse in Ontario. I just don't. I don't think they're going to be able to get there in time to get it done. So by saying, okay, fine, sure, we didn't want to host, but now, yeah, well, with the thought in mind that they're not going to be playing lacrosse in Ontario, so what's going to happen, Brad? They're going to get the Minto Cup shut down. There's going to be no Minto Cup for anybody is what's going to happen here because Ontario is saying, yeah, we'll host knowing or maybe not knowing, but thinking they're not playing lacrosse in Ontario this summer, and then it's going to be too late to schedule it somewhere else and have it go, so this is my conspiracy, I suppose, on this, but i I honestly don't think I'm too far off
1: I don't know where to take this i I hate conspiracy theories, and the other thing that I've heard was that like what if what if they just what if they are okay to go, but b c and Alberta can't travel to Ontario or there's like, you know, cause it's tough to get interprovincial restrictions right now. Who says BC wants to send a team of players to yeah. <laughs> a hotbed or a danger zone. Don't oh, play without us. Can't, yeah. Can't see, can't, can't anybody play And all of a sudden it's six nations versus St. Catharines for the Minto cup or mm. something like that, which would be, insane bc and alberta haven't announced anything yet we tried to get word out of bc as to what their plan is and i I don't know i'm I'm thinking it's probably going to be just as difficult to play lacrosse in bc this summer at a junior a level um i don't think so in ontario so i I don't know i don't know why well it's why has it been crickets on march 14th here everybody's been waiting for one
0: shoe to drop so the other one can drop so i don't know man like the statement to me just came across is pretty hollow is, is where is what I took away from that. Yeah, sure we'll host but we know we're not actually going to have to host so there's no threat to us saying that we're going to host.
1: That's how well, I feel. And, and where's the CLA in this? Oh man, like, where's there's, the CLA there's CLA a great question. They're, they're What?
0: That's a great, great, great question.
1: Well, because the OLA or BC can say whatever they, they're ding, ding, ding right there. Thank you very much. Was that three? Um, so the OLA can say... <laughs> OLA can say whatever they Shit. want, Shit. but the CLA is the ones that has to put the stamp of approval on this and then ultimately Ugh. decide. No, you know what, Ontario, you, you can't pull off a season, so it's going to be we're going to sign off on BC versus Alberta this year for the Minto Cup, or or they have to be the ones that say, hey, if BC and Alberta can't play, it's an all Ontario Minto like, and that. That won't get signed off on. So, and that's the other thing. Yeah, I think you're all right. three I mean, of
0: these provinces have to. Like from what I understand, is I think all three of them have to agree for it to for it to happen. So it can't. It's and, not like a two to one vote or anything. All three of them have to agree on it. From what I yeah. understand, and yeah. maybe I don't and fully we know, understand. I don't. And
1: know. we know how. And we know how divisive oh these yeah. leagues can be, in this sport is. So, good luck to that.
0: Story will continue to develop. Again, that is my personal opinion. There's
1: been, and I want to circle back on something you just said, because we haven't talked about this, and I wasn't really too up to speed on this anyways either. But so the the Arrows move to the TLL has been denied? Yeah. That, that's, that's an official? That's not happening.
0: That's official? That's not happening. Wow.
1: So the TLL has Burlington, not the Chiefs. They have a new Burlington yeah. club.
0: Tri-City Havoc. Uh, I think they have like three or four teams, but they're not affiliated with the Ontario Junior A Lacrosse or the CLA.
1: And they didn't take the arrows branding. Well, that's good that the arrows are able to yeah. put up their put up their fight and and keep their for sure keep their team keep their name.
0: I just don't like. I think this whole thing with the TLL and Ontario Junior A Lacrosse and the CLA is so far from over. Like I think we're just scratching the surface of where this thing is gonna go. So. Buckle up, stay tuned for it, and uh, we'll just we'll keep you we'll keep you a we'll keep you posted on. Did I say? Did I really say? Great question three times.
1: See, I think you said great question. Great, that's a great question. Great question. Great question. Dang it. So what? We're tied six six now. Well, I told you we were going to come back. Baby. I got
0: I, 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 I gotta We're going to have to get a ruling from rewind the tape because it's rewind only one question, though, right? It's only one. It's the same question. Just because I said it three times, it's only one question. So I'm willing to give you one, but I don't think I'm willing to give you three. We may have to go to crew chief Todd LeBron. To yeah, it. we're gonna
1: have to we're gonna have to go upstairs for this one. All right,
0: well he'll listen to this and then he'll text me and, and give me his ruling. I won't even have to ask him. So we'll just we'll just wait for Todd's text is what we'll do. Uh the other thing we're gonna do, Brad, is end quick sticks and get to quarter four. Stampede Stallion of the Week coming right up. Lax class one twenty three, back after this. Hey, this is big team guy Tyson Geik of the Lacrosse Flash. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified, growing the game one podcast at a time. Welcome back to Lax Class. Into the fourth and final quarter we go. No more breaks here on the program. Uh, thanks for hanging with us. Jake Kelly, Brad Schellner with you. And Brad, uh, we normally, we used to do this in the, in First quarter, but uh, with things changing, we've moved the Stampede Stallion to the fourth quarter.
1: Well, the fourth quarter is really where Stampede Stallions are well supposed done. to shine, well. right? This this, this is just, this is home. This is where this segment should have been from day one.
0: Well done. Well done. Uh, and as you mentioned uh, with Neil Stevens, the Storm Rider, Stampede Tack and Western Wear also carries the classic plaid shirts at Stampede Tack and Western Wear. Of course, and every Storm Rider needs a good shirt to go along with it the other thing they got there is boots boots always looking good with uh with the storm rider brad they got every type of boot you can cowboy work boots blundstones csa approved work boots canadian homegrown made boots men's ladies kids boots boots galore at stampede tack and western wear located out there in cloverdale at the corner of highway 10 and 180th or you can shop online because it's still shopping local at stampede.ca. Buy some boots, maybe a plaid shirt, get yourself a Storm Rider while you're at it. Uh, this man, who is about to be named the Stampede Stallion of the Week, would look good in all of those things, Brad. David, the Brocket Ship Brock, is this week's Stampede Stallion of the Week. I'll let you wax eloquently first here on David Brock before I go, Brad. But, David Brock, welcome to the stable.
1: So, Big
0: Daddy's n- got on his Wikipedia here, by the way.
1: <laughs> funny, oh, I was going to say, have you, for reading this Wikipedia page, because we like to, we, we read some That's contrad- our go to source. That is our go to. And for, for national lacrosse players, it's usually hilarious because it usually ends about four years ago. And then you got to jump over to point streak and try to gather things <laughs> Mom up. Mom didn't update the page. But, let's, listen to this on the David Brock Wikipedia page, okay? <laughs> Uh, So after his time with the Boston Blazers, signed with the Philadelphia Wings, with whom he spent two seasons before being traded to the Bandits in 2012. Since then, it's been hard to keep track of where David has played. He has packed his suitcase almost as much as Ryan (laughs) Banesh. Highly scientific Wikipedia page here. So one of his teammates or buddies has logged in to David Brock's Wikipedia. (laughs)
0: I bet. But well, that's it good. Nll Ryan Banesh. David Big Daddy Brock. I have not heard uh, that handle used for for David, but uh, I think I might start <laughs> using that. Out of Burlington, Ontario, 6'4", 223, seventh overall pick, uh, way back, and and man, a few stops along the way for the Brock ship, who is now in I want to say Halifax.
1: He's a Thunderbird now. After a year in Toronto and the handful of years in in Buffalo before that, but a guy who keeps getting keeps getting on their shot. Like players want him on their team, coaching staff want the bracket ship there. A solid defender. That's going to help you run the floor. It's going to help play physical defense and get you some loose balls. He's been doing that since the beginning of time. Couple things to note here. I didn't know he played at Albany. Mm. So like one of the an yeah. early wave of uh, of Great or Danes in Cor- the National. Corey Cor- Small,
0: vintage maybe.
1: Yeah. Those back in those years of like 2010 ish before he entered the national lacrosse league. So an early great Dane. And then man, those Boston Blazers teams like Kyle Rubish, Ryan Dilks, a young Nick Rose, John Harnett, like the young, not to mention the veterans that they had in Sanderson and and Dawson and Powell, but like think about all the young guys that were on that roster that got dispersed throughout the national lacrosse league. A lot of them landing in, in, in Edmonton and Saskatchewan now, But uh, crazy times. Now. David Brock was part of that youth movement in the early Boston days as well. But yeah, fun guy to watch, uh, a fun follow on Twitter as well. And David Brock continues to to play good lacrosse.
0: You know what? Other hand, we Mister Delicious, Brett. We haven't even mentioned Mister Delicious, which just kills me every time. Uh, Hunter Princess, of course. That's her. Her favorite little handle for her. One of her favorite players there, and David Brock uh, almost uh, has reached the hundred point plateau here in his what, Brad, ten year career. And you mentioned stops: Philly, Boston, Buffalo, New England, Toronto, and now Halifax. And I dare say, like consistent as can be here, really for for David Brock, uh, goal scoring uptick in twenty nineteen with 10 Genos hit the double digits there in transition for the Black Wolves that's pretty impressive 10 goals for David Brock in one season
1: yeah, that, that was the team that liked to run the floor too and it looked good on him and then Toronto Rock D last year like they were they were something special he chipped in there as well first year last year catching average time on floor he was up around 20 minutes a game which is nice and healthy for a vet so you know continues to do it at uh, at the age of 34
0: Sure does. Uh, And he has joined the exclusive stable of Stampede Stallions. David Brock, welcome to the stable, brother. You are this week's Stampede Stallion of the Week. Brad, it is your selection next week. uh, Your pick, man. I I think we probably made a guy go back to O. I think we've been getting a lot of love to the D guys lately. I think it might be time for an O guy. Do you, want, Let's see, re- I'm just, do you have I'm the just, list just, in front of
1: you? Well, yeah. Well, I did I did Dan T last week. He oh, was an O true. guy. Yeah, I guess you're right. Uh, we had Jimmy Quinlan the week before that, who started as an O guy. And then we had Dan McCray, Curtis Hodgson, Aaron Wilson, John Lynch, Steve Keo, Greg Downing, Craig Kahn, Ian Hawksby, Greg Harnett, Paul Dawson, Nick Rose, Jordan Hall, Marty Dinsdale, Scotty Campbell, Chris O'Doherty, Corey Viterelli, Josh Curry, or Bruce Codd, Steph LeBlanc. So I'm
0: here at goalie. I think it might be time for a goalie, but you can. Yeah, the
1: goalies, me. it's tough to it's tough to find a goaltender. I already got a goalie. I
0: know deserves. You got to, have have to find a.
1: Okay, I, I got okay. a couple. Let's save save it, All save right. it. I got a couple. Cri- criteria would be you know a goalie that we never have said is is best in class or best in world or even a goaltender of the year candidate maybe. But it's a guy that's not going to lead the league in, in a save percentage or, I got or goals against average. So go. you two. guys, you got a, got a couple guys who have slugged it out over the years. I, I do. Okay, I'll tell you. I, I'll, I'll
0: tell you when we're done here. I don't want to spoil it, but. Uh... Speaking of that, folks, uh, if you want to reach us at LaCrosse Classified, you can do so in a variety of ways, at Brad Schell, at PXP for Sports. The show is at Lax Class or LaCrosse Classified on Instagram. We have an email address at lacrosseclassified at gmail.com. Please uh, make sure you support our sponsors. That is how uh, you continue to support this podcast, by supporting our sponsors, the Vancouver Warriors. Don't forget about that spring break camp coming up. Uh, Stampede, and western wear, storm riders, plaid shirts, boots, hats, you name it, uh, associated labels and packaging. You need a label, you need a package. Those are your people. Uh, Big thank you to you, the loyal listener, for checking out Lacrosse Classified every single week. We really appreciate it, and the numbers continue to rise every single week, and we can't thank you enough for that. Uh, We're going to continue to be here for you every single Tuesday right here on Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. So that means we'll be back next Tuesday with another episode. 124 is coming your way next Tuesday. That is going to do it for us for this episode. So let's say goodbye, shall we? For Brad Schellner, no. i got to say thank you to our guest, Neil Stevens, before we get on our way one more time here as well. Now, for Brad Schellner, I've been Jake Elliott. For the fastest game on two feet, and for the creator, stay safe and stay healthy, everybody.